Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. I'm Doug Cunnington. In this episode, we are going to talk about uh, if you should start a blog or affiliate site and a couple other details. And this question was sent in by Rashmi. And um, I think it's a fine question. A lot of people, when they're first getting started, do have questions like this. So before we get to it, I am... I'm going to complain a little bit, I guess. I guess that's what this is going to be. Not complain. It's just interesting facts. So uh, I wear a Fitbit and the Fitbit is, uh, you know, it's pretty nice. I think I can't, I can't remember. I think it's like the Charge 2. My, uh, my in-laws got it for me a couple of Christmases ago. So it's cool. Um, I like to stay active um, and I like to count my steps. So the Fitbit works really well. The other cool feature that the Fitbit has is uh, it can like monitor your sleep. So it has like a little accelerometer or something like that in there. And it can tell um, if you've been naughty or nice, just like Santa Claus. No, it can tell if you're moving. So it can give you an idea about the quality of your sleep, apparently. It also, this particular one has like a heart rate monitor. Um, so it can sort of gauge that as well. The reason why I'm bringing this up is I know I don't need a Fitbit to tell me that I didn't sleep well last night. Now I'm not hundred percent sure why I think, um, you know, maybe I, I drank, um, too much water, you know, close to bedtime and, uh, I had to pee. I woke up at like four in the morning. I, I woke up to, to go pee. And then once I wake up, you know, at like four, it's pretty close to when I maybe would wake up anyway. Um, I usually don't set an alarm, but a lot of times I'll wake up at like five and then I'll go ahead and go work out or something. It's, you know, I like doing that. Um, but the point is I woke up at like four and occasionally when I got a lot of, you know, business things going on or, or whatever going on in my life, I will start thinking about it and stress out a little bit. And, um, as I'm laying there trying to fall back asleep, I just keep thinking about the impending day, the, the impending doom coming at me. And, um, I start thinking about it and I can't fall back asleep. So that was kind of a, a pain. I did actually see that I, I think I slept like six and a half hours last night. The Fitbit also tells you like how, how long you spend in different areas of sleep, like the stages. And I didn't get a ton of deep sleep. The reason why I'm bringing all this up is, um, well, I had enough coffee to cover it up, Um, but I didn't sleep that well. And the interesting thing is last week, my average sleep uh, per night went up by about 30 minutes. So like I mentioned, I've had this Fitbit for a while. And even if it's not 100% accurate for the amount of sleep that I get or the stage of sleep or whatever, it does give me an idea of the trend. And at least it's like a, it's a consistent measuring tool. So even if it's not a hundred percent right, it gives me an idea on, you know, a day-to-day basis relative to other days in the ongoing averages. So the point is typically most of the time I'm getting somewhere between like six and a half to maybe six hours, 50 minutes of sleep on average. And some nights I just don't sleep as well. And maybe it's only six hours of sleep. And then other, other times I I'm able to sleep a little bit better. I haven't put it together to figure out exactly what the issue is. I, a lot of times I have, 
um, I, I have a feeling it's probably related to stress and exercise versus like other factors, but occasionally, right. If I have too much spicy food, I may have like a little upset stomach or something like that. That'll keep you up. Anyway, I'm, I'm coming around to it and then we'll get to, uh, Rashmi's questions here. The thing is, um, last week, I was sleeping more and I was like, I don't know what it is. I have been exercising a little bit more, more cardio, which a lot of times uh, for me personally, that will um, make me a little more just physically tired. And I oftentimes will sleep better as long as I'm not like muscularly sore. And the interesting thing is I also, the other thing that I did along with exercising a little bit more I started drinking a lot more water. So I typically drink, a, I, I think, a pretty solid amount of water, but not consistently every day. And over the past, say, 10 days to two weeks, I've been drinking a lot more water. So I would say it's probably closer to a gallon and a half. And I think probably most days before that, it was probably maybe three quarts to a, a gallon um, depending on my activity level and the weather and all that stuff. But over the last couple of weeks, I've just been drinking a lot. Like maybe even, maybe too much because I have to pee like, you know, every single hour or <laughs> more often. And then I have to, you know, lock it down before bed. Um, and maybe I don't drink anything for a couple hours before I go to bed because you don't want to wake up through the night. But here's the thing. Before I started drinking um, a lot more, I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, what do people say the benefits are? And I watched a couple YouTube videos and people were talking about drinking, you know, two gallons of water a day. They said, you know, it was really hard at first um, to force down that much water. But all of the accounts that I watched, they were like, I started sleeping better after about a week. And I'm not sure why, but maybe it's a matter of like, you know, getting uh, the right vitamins and minerals and having the right, you know, who knows, just hydration seems to be good. And um, I'm going to keep drinking a lot. Now, um, there's something else to add on the drinking water thing, but you know what? I'm going to move on to the question because I realized I talked about drinking water and sleeping here for a little while. So Rashmi sent in this question. Rashmi uh, sent this in on the Niche Site Project um, email uh, list. So if you're not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, you can go over to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email, and then I will send you a lot of goodies, templates and stuff like that. And uh, Rashmi mentioned that uh, he, actually, I don't know if it's a he or she, so I'll just say, um, Rashmi every single time. So <laughs> Rashmi asked about uh, getting started and didn't know if starting just a blog was the right move or starting an affiliate site was the right move. And really, it just depends on what your goal is. So a lot of a lot of times questions will come in and it almost always depends on your goal. So if your goal is to you know, get better at writing, um, build a platform and, you know, have a blog, then the blog is probably a good idea. Now the blog, um, probably, right. There's no, there's no defined way to monetize a blog. You could have ad revenue. You could sell your own products. 
you could just build an audience and then figure it out later. But there's no like set path for a blog. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you're going to write a book and you figure, hey, I'm going to start a blog so that when I write my book and publish it, there will be an audience to buy it. You know, that sort of thing. So you have to define your goal and like why you're doing things. Maybe look at your skill set. Although I would say most people can learn to do the activities associated with building a website, either a blog or an affiliate site. Now on the affiliate site, you know, that's sort of, that's the area that I've spent the most time in. And I like affiliate sites for many reasons over, you know, selling your own products, developing your own products and that sort of thing. If you're an affiliate, you don't have to manage the customer support. You don't have to come up with the product to sell. If it's a physical product, you don't have to come up with a capital to have the inventory. Um, And there are just so many other things that you do not have to handle if you're an affiliate. And in a lot of ways, it's, uh, it's a good way to get started, even if you think you will have a physical product in the future or you will have your own products or different monetization. Because as you're getting started, the costs are going to be lower for an affiliate site than, like I said, if you have physical products and you have to buy inventory, obviously that is going to take capital. A lot of times it's going to be fairly expensive to you know get the business set up. As an affiliate, you can get started for cheaper, uh, build up the skills probably from a content marketing standpoint, and then you'll be able to use those skills in the future should you have your own product. Now, My answer that I emailed back to uh, Rashmi was um, either one's fine. You just have to choose what you want to work on and do it. There's not a better path, right? Um, We could throw in to the question, right? Um, Should I start a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel, or have an affiliate site? And again, any of them can be fine. We could throw in another one. Uh, freelancer, should I do uh, like freelance contracting? And we'll, we'll just say uh, Rashmi is a is a technical writer and has a background in, uh, I don't know, like audio design. I'm looking at a microphone, so I'm not very creative. And like audio acoustics, and he could do technical writing for that, right? Um, so any, 100%, any of them, can be successful in 2019, Um, even a blog, even a YouTube channel, a podcast, like every day someone starts something and yes, there could be a ton of competition. You're competing with the rest of the world. You're competing with other distractions that people may have, but every day, like someone starts something new in a competitive market and not everyone makes it, but maybe the people that are obsessed enough do. So anything can work um, if you stick with it long enough and you actually are trying to improve as you go. Now, I can also tell you what won't work. So if you jump from one thing to another and you don't give yourself enough time, um, you're not going to make it work. It's going to feel 
terrible because you're going to fail in multiple different areas. And it's very easy to do this um, because especially in the internet marketing area, there's a lot of marketers, um, as you can imagine, trying to sell you something. And I'm, I'm one of them, right? I try and sell you something every now and then. I'm not above it. Um, but I also try and give out a lot of free information and just I try and help people, you know, generally. So the point I'm trying to make is if you jump from, you know, one business model to another, you basically start from scratch every time you switch and you don't give yourself the opportunity to learn about, uh, you know, the mistakes that you made to not make them again. So little example, um, when I first started my first, very first domain, um, I did the keyword research wrong, all right? This is a classic mistake. Someone asked asked me this um, just the other day. So um, on a lot of tools, you will see the search, a lot of keyword research tools, you'll see the search volume per month, but you'll also see um, some other values like the competition and the CPC, that's the cost per click. And the competition level that's listed, often it's a, like high, medium, low, something like that is, is kind of a, a range. So high, medium, low. Um, that high, medium, and low competition is actually for advertisers, all right? That's actually for advertisers. And it's important to understand the tool that you're using because sometimes there's another like keyword competition or keyword difficulty metric that is separate from the quote, you know, AdWords competition. Right. So AdWords competition is for the advertisers. So when I saw low competition for the AdWords competition, I thought that was good. I thought it was a low competition for the keyword, but it's not. It's low competition for the advertiser, meaning no one's advertising for it, meaning it's probably not a profitable keyword. Otherwise, people would run ads for it. So the thing is, I made a mistake. I screwed up. I picked a bad keyword um, that no one was searching for and uh, didn't have a very good search volume and didn't have a good way to be monetized if I actually got traffic to the site, which I didn't. So I learned that. um, And if I would have moved on to, let's say, drop shipping, a drop shipping business model, I really wouldn't be able to utilize that um, idea directly, right? Or if I moved on to podcasting, maybe that's a better example. If I moved on to podcasting, I wouldn't, you know, take advantage of the fact that I made a mistake and I learned from it. I'm moving on to another, (laughs) another medium, a whole other business model where I will make beginner mistakes again. And I see it all the time. People will move from, you know, a blog and affiliate site or something like that. And then they'll, um, they'll try and do a YouTube channel and they'll buy equipment. And then they have, um, all this like video stuff that they then have to figure out like lighting and audio and editing and uploading and then doing descriptions and then tags and hashtags and blah, blah, blah. And it ends up being, um, pretty difficult to learn new things over and over again. Now, Maybe if you fast forward, you know, 10 years and someone has become a a jack of all trades and they've uh, dipped their toes in many different areas, it can work out. But I can tell you that it's quite frustrating to go from, you know, one endeavor 
to another endeavor and uh, make some make some mistakes, right? If you're starting something new, you will make mistakes. And and the main thing you have to remember is like, don't make those mistakes again. If you can um, stick with, you know, one business model, I would say at least for, you know, six to 12 months or so, that should give you enough time to iterate, to learn some things, to figure out like if you even like doing that kind of work. Now, as a side hustle and, um, you know, just things you want to experiment with, usually it's not too expensive to try things out. All right. You could try things out and see how it goes. Usually, um, your time is probably not for everyone, but a lot of times, um, the time is going to be the most valuable piece of, uh, or the valuable resource that you're giving up versus the money. So if you wanted to start an affiliate site or a blog, um, probably for about a hundred bucks, you can do that for a year. All right. Just thinking about the hosting, um, just in general, and mostly it's going to cost you time. So, so I replied back to, uh, Rashmi and I said, Hey, either one's fine, buddy. Um, just pick a lane. And he wrote back, right? He or she wrote back and said, should I do ClickBank? You know, I heard from this one marketer and they said, you know, ClickBank is the way to way to go. Um, Amazon affiliate sites are, are no good. They, you know, Amazon doesn't pay enough, blah, blah, blah. And which one should I do? Should I do ClickBank or should I do Amazon? And after this you know, 20 minute rant, I think you probably know that uh, either one's fine. You know what? You can pick either one and it can be successful. Now, for me personally, I think uh, I like Amazon a little bit better. Now, there's some pros and cons to each, right? Pros and cons to each. So first, uh, ClickBank, if people aren't familiar, is a marketplace. It's just a, a sort of an affiliate marketplace. People have products. A lot of times they're information products, so courses, eBooks, um, and that sort of thing. There are also some physical products um, on there as well. Um, and there are thousands of products, right? Every single niche, every single whole category topic, they have something basically. Um, I think they also have software out there as well. And it's a fine company. All right. Um, one of the cool things with ClickBank is a lot of times, uh, the commission rate is very high. So depending on the product, um, you know, it could be whatever, 10%, but a lot of them are like 50% or 75%. Um, some of them are really high if the vendor has a sophisticated sales funnel where perhaps they have many different products and uh, just the first few are fairly inexpensive and it's just a gateway to get the customer into the vendor's sales funnel. Um, in those cases, sometimes it could be like a hundred percent commission. All right. So when you look at the commission there, and that is Georgie barking over there. So if you're only considering the commission rate, um, then ClickBank is going to be much higher than most other affiliate programs. And like I said, Amazon affiliate, uh, program, the Amazon affiliate program, the associates program is the one that I typically work with. And a lot of times the effective commission rate is going to be around, 
it's a range, right? So it depends on the category, but um, it's probably going to be, say, between 4 and 7% somewhere in there, all right, give or take, um, depending on the products that that you have and what the customers buy and all that stuff. So obviously the commission rate is going to be a lot lower, but I think some people are nodding their head. You see the punchline that I'm getting to here. The ClickBank products are not going to have as high of a conversion rate. And that is for a variety of reasons, all right? So a lot of times ClickBank products are fairly expensive. Um, They may or may not be like uh, some commodity type thing. A lot of times they're like extra. Now people have problems and they want to solve the problems, but they're, like I said, a lot of times they're info products. And in in those cases, um, the conversion rate is going to be a lot lower. I don't know any stats to throw out there, but I could just make up an example and say like, if the conversion rate um, per visitor or something like that was half a percent um, on Amazon, it may be much higher, many times higher. So, and the other thing is I don't, I shouldn't have to tell you, but I'll, I'll mention it anyway. Amazon converts pretty well. You know, Jeff Bezos is doing pretty good. And uh, the prices are cheap. A lot of places you have, you know, two-day prime shipping. If you're in a big hub, you can like get get a product the same day, like within 24 hours. Amazon does pretty well. People buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. People buy a lot of stuff over the holidays on Amazon. And if you make an order on Amazon, a lot of times, I know I do this, I'll like get the thing that I was going to get. And then I'll start browsing around a little bit more. I'm thinking, hey, if I'm going to make an order, why don't I just order a couple other things, maybe some things that I don't need. And volume is where Amazon or other programs like Walmart has an affiliate program as well. I haven't done any work with Walmart, but the point is you sell, not you specifically, but like Amazon has the ability to sell a lot more product than ClickBank. And people typically, not always, but typically will trust Amazon over some random other you know, company selling a thing. In fact, going back to that, uh, you know, if I make an order on Amazon, I'll get the product that I want and then I'll shop around a little bit more. Um, <laughs> the Amazon affiliate gets a commission on all the stuff that I buy, all right? Um, if you buy something on ClickBank, the affiliate only gets um, the commission on, you know, whatever they purchased. And if it's an info product um, and it's, there's nothing else for me to buy, right? So if I buy the info product on how to grow hair back or whatever, then um, I can't go and get extra, you know, volumizing conditioner. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't go out there and buy more stuff basically. So uh, on ClickBank, it's like you buy the product and then you move on. There's there's no other stuff that you can buy. So that's just a minor thing, right? Um, but it makes a difference in aggregate and just in general, not always, but in general, you're probably going to have more search volume and more traffic for you know, a site based on products that you can buy on Amazon. Again, I'm making a huge generalization here, um, but the search volume for terms 
to get ClickBank products or reviews or sales or whatever, it's just going to be smaller. So a lot of times it's a smaller market. Now, we're going to go a little bit deeper here. I have experimented some with ClickBank products. Um, I had a site a while back that uh, there were quite a few products on ClickBank to sell. And it was fine. I think uh, I was working on it with a partner. This is a few years back, all right? But I was working on it with a partner and we were, I think the height, you know, $1,000, $1,500 a month, something like that. It was fine. You know, it was fine. And people bought the ClickBank products. It was all good. We're getting those high commission rates, um, 50 to 75% in the products that we were selling. And it was, it was pretty cool. You know, we had a big email list and we would send out an email. Um, I, w- I was having fun doing copywriting for the emails and then, you know, send out one email, you make a thousand bucks. I mean, it was cool. It was, it was fun to do that stuff. Now, the problem now is some of the products uh, are not kept up to date. So you, let's say you have a small sales funnel on your site, um, set up for a particular product. Let's say you're ranking for a couple terms related to it. Um, people sign up for an email list and then you can market to them a little bit after that and sell the product. Well, let's say the product is no longer offered anymore and the company uh, just stops making it. Then you're screwed, right? Like you, you've built this funnel. Maybe you've um, spent a lot of time on the content. Maybe you spent a lot of time doing the, you know, email copy and all the marketing material, and then it's gone. There's nothing you can do. You can try and find an alternative product, but sometimes the keywords are based around like the brand name or some very specific criteria, and you're just out of luck. Now, similar things could happen for sure on the Amazon side, but uh, from my perspective, you know, that was another flaw in the, the ClickBank model. Now, can you have the two working together? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, you can do that. So let's say you have, uh, I'll just stick with the, the hair loss, hair regrowing um, analogy here. See what kind of creative products I can come up with. But let's say, I have uh, this ClickBank product, how to grow hair back. I got to smear like goose, you know, goose feathers on my head or something like that and uh, put honey on there. And that that's the plan. All right. That's the product. All right. This analogy is going weird, but basically let's say <laughs> there's a ClickBank product around hair loss. Cool. Very cool. All right. You can have a few pages on your site about that. You can also have content on your site where you talk about the products on Amazon that you can get related to hair loss or the problems that, you know, folks that don't have hair have. Like maybe you need a wide brim hat to keep that sun off your head, that sort of thing, or some sort of a wig or toupee or something like that. So maybe some glue or adhesive to keep that thing fastened to your head. You don't want a gust of wind to blast through and blow that expensive toupee off your head. That's the worst thing in the world. So the point is you can have these two business models on your site working together. Now you, you should always check the terms of, um, 
the affiliate programs that you're working with, generally, you know, they're going to be okay with that, but you should always check. And the customer service from, you know, the affiliate programs should be able to answer it for you. And you can just be specific and say, hey, I have some Amazon products on the site too. Is that okay? Is there any conflict of interest? I just want to make sure I'm adhering, that sort of thing. And they should be able to answer for you. So let's tie a bow on this, finish it up. So Rashmi, thanks for sending in the question. The answer is, um, well, first you're in an you're in an exciting time right now in your journey. You are just learning about affiliate marketing, all these different possibilities out there. I advise you to do your best to you know, stay focused. Pick something that you are most interested in, right? Maybe let's say it's affiliate marketing. And let's say you you really like the ClickBank model. You know, not my thing but it's a valid business model. You stick with the ClickBank thing. You you get obsessed with that. You work on that for a while and you can make it work, right? You definitely can make it work. Um, If you want to pick something different, let's say you just want to, you know, create a, a podcast, just making this up. Let's say you want to create a podcast and, and push um, and sell and market ClickBank products. That could be valid as well. You know, it could be, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that route, but maybe, you know, you were on the uh, college radio station and you happen to be a good broadcaster and you don't ramble on too much. (laughs) You stay on topic and you have a great voice and you have all the equipment and you happen to uh, browse on ClickBank. You see some products that could be great on the topic that you want to talk about. Well, I think that could work, you know, that could definitely work. Um, If you were a videographer and a storyteller and you wanted to be, you know, you went to film school, you can do this on YouTube as well. Even though it's, you know, a crowded space, you can do video and people start businesses all the time. All right. Even in super competitive spaces. So I hope that is helpful. Um, Maybe, (laughs) I hope it's helpful. I'm just telling you, you got to pick something and then I recommend you stick with it for a while. Be sure you give it a chance. Don't jump around too much. If you jump around too much, you're going to drive yourself crazy. You're going to feel like a failure because everything that you're trying seems to not work. And when you look around, you're like, oh, everyone else is making it work. And then you'll feel bad. So don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, uh, don't fall into that trap. All right. This Uh, Hopefully it was a great episode. If you want to call in and leave a question, check out the show notes in description. There's a phone number. That's the voicemail. You can call in, leave a message. Benny did um, a couple episodes ago, which was super cool. Thanks, Benny, for doing that. And uh, you obviously get a shout out and I will answer your question. If you don't want to leave me a voicemail, the written word is more your thing. uh, Feedback at Doug.show. Everyone have a great day and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here at my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it and I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com 
Click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.